Game of Thrones Season 8, Episode 3, entitled The Long Night. Joining me today, as always, is Justice Isaac Poole and special guest, Miss Danny Darling. We are ready to deliberate and discuss while we determine our verdicts for the weekly categories of conjecture in the esteemed high court of my opinion. But first, let's stop on over to my Impressions Poetry Corner, where we artistically express through haiku what resonated most amidst the drama. Red woman turns tide. The fallen are first redeemed. A girl is that bitch. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. I'm glad you stopped down for my Impressions Poetry Corner. I'm Jackie Blue starting the night off. And next is our poet, Isaac the Pisces. Death comes for them all, and many faces shatter, brand new all along. Let's give it up for Isaac the Pisces. <laughs> wow. Order, order. It is April 29th, 2019, and we are assembled here for the High Court of My Opinion, where myself, esteemed TV Justice Isaac Poole, and special guest Danny Darling will reveal our distinguished and hotly anticipated verdicts in the High Court's weekly categories of conjecture. First up, Kings 2, a high honor adapted from Alexander Dumas's Count of Monte Cristo and bestowed by each justice on the character who, like Edmond Dantes, ended up king of the moment. Now, Justice Isaac, who do you bestow this honor upon and why? I think this week uh, there really can only be one Kings 2 and that's going to be for Arya. Um, Kings Arya, she... Had a lot of training to get to this point, and she was the, you know, ultimately she was the person that that could do it. Um, Jean didn't get there quite fast enough, and she was there, and, you know, we thought for a second, oh, maybe she was going to not make it, but then, you know, she used her, um, you know, sort of assassin training to drop the knife, get it in, and the Night King has shattered. So, King Zarya. All right, so we've got one Kings 2 Aria. Over to you, Justice Danny Darling. Who would you say was king of the moment this week and why? I would say the woman in red, the red woman. The red woman? Yes. Yeah. Why? Because she was the catalyst for victory, period. Mm-hmm. If the dragons had not been there, the whites would have gotten a lot further a lot sooner, yes. But the red woman came specifically to allow Arya the opportunity to end the war. And that was her whole purpose and the things she did, even leading up to that, to assist by giving the Dothraki fire, although it was futile. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And um, I think that the 
my favorite moment was when she started the fire on the trenches because she struggled, you know, her Uh magic was weak in a moment because she was afraid. She was scared. She was. And that showed you even the way she looked to the side, the way she kept saying it, the way she faltered. You could tell that even in her years of living and her, the build up to that point, the strongest she had been saying he served his purpose, you know, she's got this philosophy that she's following so Mm -hmm. doggedly. But in that moment, she was afraid. And that's why it took a minute for her to start that fire, you know. Right. But she pulled it out. So Kings 2. Yep. Alessandra. Well, it is a very tough decision to decide personally who my Kings 2 will go to this week. Uh, I do see the case for Arya Stark and that initially was my Kings 2. However, upon closer inspection and persuasion by Justice Danny Darling, I will go ahead and second that Melisandre, the Red Woman, get the Kings to the moment that I will personally bestow because uh, Arya, while she had an epic, epic uh, moment coming into her own, fulfilling the prophecy, ending the White Walkers and shutting all those blue eyes, taking on the Night King and winning. That was an epic moment. However, it was it was all um, initiated by the Red Woman. Were she not there to give Arya that pep talk? We don't know what would have occurred. She was on the defense for the first part of the episode where it was clear that she has her strength in going after a target and being that I have to go get this person. And so fending off these whites in a defensive position could have likely gotten her killed had the red woman not been there to tell her, look, remember what I told you. So tough decision though it be, I also bestow my kings to Melisandre, the red woman. Our next category of conjecture brings us to bestow the honor of quote of the week for this episode for the long night. In consideration, we have brown eyes, green eyes, and blue eyes. What do we say to the God of death? Quote by the Red Woman. Not today, Arya Stark. Everything you did brought you where you are now, where you belong, home. Bran Stark. Yes, without the Dragon Queen, there'd be no problem at all. We'd all be dead already, Missandei. So, with all of those quotes in consideration for this week, Chief Justice Isaac, what do you say qualifies as the quote of the week in this episode, The Long Night? I would say Bran got the quote of the week this week. He's, uh, you know, it's a good sentiment uh, for Theon to hear that from, especially coming from Bran. Uh, he's made a lot of mistakes and dealt with a lot of trauma. And I think it's uh, because of that quote and sort of the forgiveness involved uh, from Bran, it allowed Theon to face his death um, with a lot of honor and bravery. 
So. My quote of the week this week is Arya's Stark's Not Today. It is such a mantra. It's actually been made popular with Satan added on to the end uh, by Miss Bianca Del Rio from RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, Not today, Satan, which is very much had been a meme. But it's just this idea that whatever comes, whatever's coming, whatever might be staring us down, even if it be death, we can just say not today and have that little defiance where, yes, we all may be on track to die, but we do have some control. We can say it's not happening now because I'm going to do this and stop it. So that quote particularly I thought was winning because it can be applied to so many other things and it's resonated with people in other ways and, and other um and other forms. So quote of the week, not today, for Justice Jackie. I hear the funeral bells tolling, which means we've arrived at our rest in heaven or hell category of conjecture. Chief Justice Isaac and I will deliberate on the departed souls of the episode, and we will sentence them to their final designated resting place. This week, first to depart, we have Dolores Ed. Dolores Ed. Justice Isaac, do you think he will rest in heaven or hell? Heaven, for sure. I mean, he... uh... He's been a very loyal friend to John and a very admirable warrior um, to see in battle. So, you know, we're going to have. I agree. The next casualty we had from the Battle of Winterfell was little lady Liana Mormont. Sadly, but triumphantly, this little lady bit the dust. What do we think, uh, Justice Isaac? I think she's going to heaven, obviously. Yeah, heaven for sure. She's uh, She was awesome um, and fought very, very bravely. Yes, and we don't know too much about her, but we know that she's loyal. We know that she's young. She's probably not even old enough to go to hell. Who knows? And frankly, there was nothing questionable on Torward or sinful that I saw in any of her character along the way. So yes, Liana Mormont, rest in heaven, love. Next on our list of casualties is Beric Dondarrion. Beric, where does Lord Beric spend eternity, Justice Isaac? What do you think? I think he's going to um, go to heaven. He's been a faithful servant of the Lord of Light, um, brought back many, many times. So hopefully his afterlife is uh, um, pretty good for him. I will tentatively agree with this. I think Beric Dondarrion had some questionable decisions uh, in the earlier seasons and earlier books, uh, particularly when it came to giving Gendry to the Red Woman. Um, But at the end of the day, it seems as if he was trying his best to follow the Lord of Light and to, to fulfill his purpose, which ultimately was helping to save Arya. So... 
I do feel that whatever his ills or his sins were by this moment in his story, yes, he's been redeemed. So I will say, go ahead and rest in heaven, Lord Barrick. We knew it was going to be a long list because it is a battle with the White Walkers. So with five more to go, next we sentence Theon Greyjoy. Theon Greyjoy. Justice Isaac, where should he spend his eternity? He's done some bad things in his life, but I think he's redeemed himself. So he's going to rest in heaven. I agree. Theon has paid penance for his ills. Um, I think twice or triple over, and I just really would like to see him resting in heaven. Hopefully he gets a new member. Next on our list is the Night King, the dreaded Night King, finally bites the dust or ice. I don't know. Um, But I will go ahead and say uh, he's going to hell. He should go to hell. Don't you think, Justice Isaac? Oh, yeah. He's the big bad guy. But it is hard to tell what's... um... What he who he was before the children of the forest changed him into what he is. So I don't know. It's a little bit up to question. Well, yes, we don't know who or what he was prior, but we know that he turned thousands and thousands of dead people into his unwilling and unwitting, like just helpless army of mercenaries going for all the living. So. Um, I'm not sure that it matters a whole lot at this point. I still think he is going to hell. So rest easy there in hell, Night King. Thank you. (laughs) Also on our list of casualties is the dragon, Viserion. However, I don't personally believe that animals or creatures go to hell or heaven one way or the other so let's move on we have jorah mormont jorah who obviously he goes to heaven right justice isaac of course yeah he's uh he died fighting and protecting danny very bravely so um yeah for sure heaven Well, just him fighting bravely doesn't constitute going to heaven. However, I do think that in terms of any sins that he may have committed, any wrongs, like the way that he lived his life, he was very loyal to Daenerys. And even though he kidnapped Tyrion, it was like his intentions were good. And he uh, seemed like an upright, moral man of integrity. So for that reason, I say... Rest in heaven, Jorah Mormont. Rest in heaven. And the last character who we will assign a final resting place is someone who two of the justices this week gave kings to, and that would be Melisandre or the Red Woman. Um, 
Although I personally gave her kings two this week, I think she did have some very redemptive moments and she was uh, very integral to the uh, the win at Winterfell. I do think that she still should rest in hell, Chief Justice mm-hmm. Isaac. Uh, I feel that the shadow baby that she birthed um, early on that went on to kill Renly and traumatize poor Brienne uh unacceptable i mean uh, magic of this nature should never be abused there were moments when after the loss at blackwater um she kind of turned cold on stannis who she had been hyping up the whole time she was manipulating stannis's wife and then to take the cake uh, among a, a long line of other things that she did that were questionable uh you know she had Stannis she encouraged him to kill his own daughter as a last ditch effort um I guess just because she didn't want to admit that she had been wrong all along and so this was just too troubling for me to overlook yes she redeemed herself to some extent um by being so clutch this week but I still do not see her resting in heaven with all the other do-gooders uh what do you say Justice Isaac I would agree. She uh, she's done some bad stuff, and um, she she did a lot to redeem herself in the last couple of moments. But uh, yeah, it's hard to forgive just killing so many people. So. <laughs> And now that we have assigned all of the dearly departed their final resting places, we come to the last two categories of conjecture, first of which is I object, our final opportunity to challenge any show decisions based on casting, plot twist, screenwriting, etc. Now, I will go ahead and say I object to a few things. Number one, I think not nearly enough of the main characters died this week. We have been leading up to this epic war with the White Walkers, like zombie apocalypse. The numbers against the living were outrageous. So while we lost the Dothraki, probably in their entirety, I saw a few run back. It just wasn't enough for me. It wasn't enough to have these few characters who already kind of had it coming or didn't matter a whole lot to us die. I think that this is where we get into the difference between the showrunners and George R.R. Martin. Um, I believe firmly that he would have killed off several of our beloved characters. Tormund probably would have been gone. Grey Worm, I'm sure. Brian. I mean, I just don't see um, why. I mean, unless they're saving them for something else later. But I just think even realistically, a lot of the Jamie Lannister, I mean, a lot of these characters probably would have died and I thought should have just to make it more real. Um, you know, it, it seems like the days of the Red Wedding are gone because the showrunners just aren't that ruthless. The next thing that I'd like to object to is the darkness of the episode. Not only could we not see shit, we just couldn't see shit. It was too dark. (laughs) And yes, it's called the long night. Yes, we know that the White Walkers are coming in the cold and the dark and all that. But this is a lesson in balance for showrunners like 
It's one thing to say, oh, it needs to be dark. It's a night battle. We got to, you know, show how dark and oppressive this night is. But it's another thing when you lose the audience and the audience can't see what's going on at all. Um, we shouldn't have to raise our television screens, uh, brightness and backlighting to heights they've never been before to even make out shapes and figures. I, I just wish there was some way they could convey the darkness without it being so dark and straining our eyes. And lastly, uh, the fight with the dragons in the sky. I mean, I just, I thought that it rendered that whole storyline, that whole turn of events fairly useless. We couldn't tell what dragon was attacking whom, which unless Viserion was blowing the blue dragon fire, but it just really was very confusing and confounding to the point where I think it really lost viewers. Uh, I also will see say one more thing. Sorry. I think uh, Daenerys had an epic fail. I was very disappointed in um, how she allowed Drogon to be overpowered by all these white walkers. It's like John is like, oh, I got to go get Bran. And she's like, OK, go. But she's just sitting there on the ground looking while all of these whites are attacking her dragon like she already lost one wouldn't you be more vigilant and why wouldn't she just say okay well um john hop on i'll fly us on over to bran and the night king like i just that was very irritating and i felt like it was really out of character for daenerys who at this point has to be worried and very protective and defensive of her dragons considering the loss of uh, the Syrian. So I don't know. Any objections, Justice Isaac? You covered them. Yes, and I, I think Justice Danny <laughs> agrees here. So yes, those are my slash all of our objections. And now it is time for our final deliberations. And first over to you, Justice Isaac. What did you think? Was there anything we missed? What do you think will happen next? And most importantly, how do you certify the long night? Class A for absolutely gag worthy. Class B for basic. Or class F for fuckery at its finest. I'm going to classify this episode as an A. It's uh, really the episode we've been waiting for for a very long time. And I'm glad to see that uh, the White Walker problem is over. Um, as far as where we're going now, I mean, it's they're going to King's Landing. But uh, three episodes, I think there's a lot that's going to happen. Uh, and yeah, who knows? Who knows what's next? Maybe, maybe Danny will be in the crown. Maybe... Other things will happen. It's it's hard to tell. The Jon Snow thing is still way up in the air, too. For my final deliberation, I will say I feel this episode, The Long Night, certifies as a Class A. Absolutely gag-worthy. I was riveted. I What I could see of the episode uh, was very compelling, very exciting, very thrilling. We have been waiting for this come to Jesus for a long time. And I just felt that that ending with Arya and just even the um, the image of the ice shattering and all of his generals shattering and uh, Theon's last moment where he said, you're a good man, Theon. Thank you. Like, ah, all of that just it 
it was a very stellar, stellar end to the Night King. It was a great way to end that epic threat. And I am left wondering what will happen next. I feel like it's a little too simple to just have a, a war between Cersei and uh, Daenerys. I feel like one of the things that were that was super exciting and 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 um interesting about the show from the onset was this political who who's gonna end up on the throne where like there's so many different houses or there's different people with claims and to only have you know pretty much two different sides fighting it out now I I would have liked to see and we may still see uh others also coming and trying to contend for the throne i'd like to see john try to get it i wouldn't be mad at sansa making a play for it i think even though Arya did have her moment and in the night king i don't see her wanting to end up on the throne we could see Tyrion there but i just would like to see more stakes in the fight the final fight than just cersei and danny so we shall see but as for this episode a definite an enthusiastic class A from Justice Jackie Blue. And last but not least, over to special guest Justice Danny Darling. How would you classify this episode, The Long Night? Would you give it a class A for absolutely gag-worthy, a class B for basic, or a class F for fuckery at its finest? I'm going to give it an A because... Honestly, this whole thing has been leading up to this point and it was a lot to cover in one episode. It was the whole series leading up to this point. So mm. I think that, yes, they did deliver on making us feel the sheer terror of the White Walkers, of feeling the stress that the heroes must have felt on feeling mm. the desolation they felt at times i mean the way it moves from out on the field to inside the castle you're you've gone from like open field to running through hallways right it was very um it was, it was very well, yeah it was very well executed very well executed very and well. so i would say an a i think that coming up I think that the magic of what they did was to have everything building up to the White Walkers in that battle to the point where now that it's over and we've got three episodes left, now we're in uncharted territory. We haven't even started thinking of who, you know, of what would happen after that point because it was so much buildup. So I do think that it was an ingenious way to deflect us from the actual ending, which is who ultimately is going to sit on the throne. And I think the next few episodes will show that. And I think that we're going to lose more characters. I think we're going to get through all of that just to lose more. I and agree. I think, I think it's, um, I think it's a very uh, smart. I think it's good writing. And I think that, um, yeah, definitely an A for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely gag-worthy. Yes. And there you have it. It is a unanimous Class A 
for the long night, the epic battle at Winterfell. Thank you, Danny Darling, for guesting this week. And with that, court is adjourned. Thank you.